Hi, this is Angie Meadows, and today we're going to continue with our Daniel study. Now, last week we did Lesson 1, Daring to Make Decisions Like Daniel, and we learned to stand alone, and we did a um, self-evaluation on whether or not we could stand alone, and then we learned that our names could be changed, but our character cannot be thwarted into doing what is against our nature. So what we want to do is build our character on the foundations of the Word of God, like Daniel did, where we purpose in our hearts not to defile ourselves like Daniel in Daniel 1.8. So we learn to stand alone, we learn to respect authority, and we learn to make a respectful appeal. And so then we also went to Nebuchadnezzar's dream, where he dreamed of the statue, and we learned that anger brings dominance and harshness and overcorrects. We also learned that authority without uh, accountability is overbearing, and we decided that it was not prudent and faithful to be an overbearing boss or a parent, that we needed to have that sweetness of the tongue to be able to direct others. And so then we did an evaluation on how to honor authority. And then we decided that we should obey God before we obey our authority, that we shouldn't do anything immoral, illegal, or unethical, and that we were going to make our decisions based upon the precepts, the principles, the statutes, and the commandments in God's Word. So today, we're going to do Lesson 3, and this is Deliverance from the Fiery Furnace. But even if He, God, does not deliver us, we want you to know, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up in Daniel 3.18. So the reading is Daniel 3, 1 through 30. And the principle is right living gives us confidence to follow God. Now the characters in this story are King Nebuchadnezzar. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which are Daniel's three friends, and then all the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the councils, the sheriffs, the rulers of the providences were there, and the king's army stood by, and there were musicians ready. So this is set up in the plain of Dura, which is about six miles from Babylon. And we think that the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had um, gave him the arrogance to feel like he could build a 90-foot statue that was nine feet wide, that was made of gold, and he wanted the people to come and have a big festival and to bow down to the statue. Basically, the statue was a representative of him, where the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, could not do that. So the vocabulary today is glorify, and to glorify means to bestow honor, praise, and admiration. And the three Hebrew boys had decided that they would glorify God, but they would not glorify a worldly king. So the character skill here is boldness versus fear. So boldness welcomes persecution for doing what is right. The righteous are as bold as lions in Proverbs 28.1. So it is a command to fear not, to practice recognizing fear instead exercising your faith. 
In Isaiah 43, 5, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. And so it says it twice in chapter 43. It says, Fear not, fear not. And as we look at those words, fear not, all through the Bible, there are hundreds of those commands to not fear. So when we're afraid, we have forgot that we have a living God and we have not developed the ability to trust in Him. So the boldness is based upon my love for God, even unto death. In Revelations 12, 11, it says, They overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives, even unto death. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not mind to die for, for their beliefs. They knew what they believed, and they were okay. So in ch question number one, what did Nebuchadnezzar build? And how big was it in Daniel 3.1? So the verse says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So Nebuchadnezzar built this gold statue that was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. Question number 2. What was Nebuchadnezzar's command in chapter 3, verses 4 and 5? The command says, And then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what I command you to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. <laughs> so King Nebuchadnezzar's command was for them to fall down and worship that image. Well, that was against the Israelites' law. And they had decided that they weren't going to do that, no matter what. Remember, they had decided at the beginning of the book of Daniel not to defile themselves. So what was the consequence of disobedience in Daniel 3.6? Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And I'm sure there was a furnace there where they were shaping and molding this statue and building it. So they were going to be burned alive if they refused the command. So number four, what question did Nebuchadnezzar ask them? in Daniel 3.14. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? And you know what? They did not mind to disobey ungodly authority. And as they were questioned for their disobedience, he, they, the uh, king could not believe that they would defy him, knowing what the consequence was that they would be facing death. But these young men, they believed, they believed in their God, and they believed in their convictions, and they had the courage to stand up against ungodly authority. So number five, how do you know Nebuchadnezzar thought that he was more powerful than God? It says, now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made. Very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God can deliver you out of my hand? So Nebuchadnezzar didn't think anyone or any God was more powerful than him. He thought of himself like he was an all-powerful God. So in Daniel 3.15, he gives them a second chance to bow down. Now, if you have an unrighteous authority, 
whether it's a parent, whether it's a government, whether it's a, uh, a general, whether it's um, a boss, if they give you one chance to do something illegal, immoral, something against your convictions, and you say no, if you go back and apologize and say, you know, I'm very, I'm very sorry, I, I upset you. I'm very sorry, I, you know, I can't obey you. They will heat the consequences up. They will flip it on you, and that's how you know that the person is a Nebuchadnezzar. You know that they're an ungodly leader, is because once you have come back and you have said, I can't do this, there's not a respect for your boundary. Instead, there's a heating up the consequences, a more of a bully that's coming at you to say, I, nobody, nobody can rescue you from my hands. But when you've got a conviction, I want you to stand by it. And I want you to let the consequences fall where they may. So what did the three Hebrew young men say to the king in Daniel 3, 16 and 17? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So they they weren't going to bow. They, they were willing to die and be loyal to their God. So number seven, were these three Hebrew young men more concerned with saving their lives? Or obeying God and trusting him with the outcome in Daniel 3.18. So, but even if he does not, the young men said, we want you to know your majesty. Now see, they're, they're still honoring his authority. That we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Okay, so they've, they've drawn this line in the sand. They said, we won't. We're going to stand on our convictions. So I need you to know what you will and will not do, what you will and will not tolerate. If you're in a relationship that's abusive, whether it's a home relationship, a parental relationship, uh, where you're an adult, um, and anywhere where there is threats and accusations and people flipping your words and manipulating you, I want you to stand firm and then give the consequences to God like these three young men did. So number eight, what happened to the men who obeyed the king and threw the three righteous Hebrew men into the fiery furnace? Daniel 3:22. the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the ones who obeyed, they were the ones that got burned up. So number nine, what did the king see in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew young men in Daniel 3.25? He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth is like a son of God. So he saw one who looks like the son of God. He saw a ring, a, a ring, a carnate Jesus dancing in the fire with these three young men. So how do you know that God glorified the three Hebrew young men in Daniel 3, 27 and 30? They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, nor did they smell of fire. So then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. So God protected them, he honored them, and the fire did not touch them.
So can you find a principle in this verse? Because we're studying the principles of God's word. And this one is obedience to God keeps us from smelling like the world. <laughs> so even, you know, they were ready. They didn't, they didn't value their lives more than they valued honoring God. So there are some times that we just have to dig our heels in and say, I will not. I will not disobey. I will not bow. I will not do what's wrong. Come what may, I just won't. So how did God glorify himself through the obedience of the three Hebrew young men in Daniel 3, 28 and 29? Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command, and they were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces, and their houses burned, and turned into piles of rubber, for no other god can save like this one. <laughs> So here these young men honored their God to the point that King Nebuchadnezzar saw that there was a great favor on them. But then again, he overcorrects. He says, now anybody who doesn't honor their God's going to be cut into pieces and burned. <laughs> so sometimes an authority without accountability will overcorrect. So make sure that you're not that kind of authority. So let's see what the challenge questions are in this chapter. Number one, recognize when you are afraid of a person. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So in Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we need the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is a reverence and an awe and a trusting in our almighty God. Number three, challenge your children to look for opportunities to stand alone. And we did that evaluation in lesson one, how to stand away alone and not to follow peer pressure. It's very important that they are confident in their decisions and that their decisions are based upon what is right and not on what others say or what the world says would be right. So number one, if you submit to an unreasonable person who asks you to make a compromise, how do you think it will turn out? So it would, it would be um, oppressive. It would be oppressive. But I think if we humble ourselves before mighty God, that he will lift us up because that's what the word says. So how can you tell if a person worships himself? In Luke 18, 9 through 14, who did, who was being praised and who was being put down? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. He said, two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But that tax collector, now he stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. I, and 
then Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you that that man, the tax collector, rather than the other one, the Pharisee, went home justified before God. For those that exalt themselves will be humbled. So it is very important that we don't sit and praise ourselves, but we sit in a posture of humility and we ask God to deliver us from our sins and deliver us from our heart conditions that are skewed and that we don't have command over or control over. And we all have things in our lives that are more powerful than us that we have to just keep yielding to the Lord and asking the Lord to strengthen us. So number three challenge question, why do you think Nebuchadnezzar's servants told on those three Hebrew boys? Because when the instruments played the first time, they were left standing and people came and told on them. So why do you think that was? You think maybe they were jealous? Do you think maybe they wanted the king's favor? So number four, do you think the Hebrew young man answered the king respectfully? And yes, I think they did. They were very respectful. They, uh, they called him your majesty, but they still respectfully said, we will not bow. They stood by their convictions. So today's evaluation, we're gonna evaluate the symptoms of fear because the fear of man is a snare. So if I don't know when I'm afraid, then I might not know that I'm getting ready to fall into a trap. So let's look at some physical symptoms. Teeth grinding, jaw tightening, racing uncontrollable thoughts, no thoughts at all, but just freezing and being unable to move or to think, physical pain, a heart rate's increased, sweating, choking on food or on water, or just even choking while you're trying to, to swallow, twitching, nail or lip biting, picking or scratching at your skin, stomach issues, restlessness, sleeplessness, drowsiness and unable to face life or get off the couch, overeating, undereating, self-destructive, obsessing over um, trivial things or overworking. These are symptoms of fear, symptoms of something you're not ready to face, you're not ready to look at or to deal with, symptoms of things that you feel helpless about. So I want you to sit with quietly and think about your breath and focus on your breath and let the thoughts come up out of your subconscious because 95% of our thinking is subconscious. And as you hear a thought, or as you see a thought, I want you to let it go. I want you to say, yes, I feel fear. Yes, I feel angry. Yes, that hurt my feelings, but I don't want it to become you. I don't want you to embrace that as truth or as your identity. I want you to move that and let that go. And I want you to comfort yourself. So today with our parent teacher training, number one, I want you to practice boldness. Teach your children to practice boldness, to do what's right and expect to be persecuted. And it's okay. It's, it's okay to be mocked and made fun of. So role play what this might look like with a bully. Talk about peer pressure and how to stand alone and even be persecuted. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil in Isaiah 5.20. So you shall know the love of your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength in Mark 
1230. So I want you to love God more than you love being the notoriety of being popular or being in control of other people or being uh, elevated by others. So number two, teach the principle that when we follow and obey with our whole heart, soul, and mind, we are indestructible until God is done with us. Our lives will be steadfast in serving Him day in and day out. Now, one of my character skills is being steadfast. Having discipline set up in my life to consistently walk with the Lord, and when I get faint-hearted and I give up and I stumble, to correct myself and to go back and practice being steady, steady to do the next right thing. So number three, when you follow Jesus Christ and not ungodly authority, they may be even seven times angrier at you. Ungodly leaders lead with bullying and fear. Godly leaders lead with a heart of servanthood. So what type of leader do you want to be when you grow up? What type of leader do you want to be to those that are under your authority? It's very important not to be a bully. It's very important to lead with godly authority and godly leadership. So let's look at the characteristics of a dishonorable leader. Anger. Use of fear tactics, threats, bullying, retaliation for being confronted, hasty, harsh, impatient, arrogant. They value self, money, or a project more than they value people. They hold a grudge. They play favorites. They cast confusion on a situation and they blame shift. They make emotional decisions, not principle-based decisions. They deny that there is a problem. They deal only with superficial problems. They ignore the main problem. They don't seek counsel. They ask impossible, unrealistic things from their subordinates. They're demanding and unreasonable. These are the characteristics of King Nebuchadnezzar outlined in the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. Now, an honorable leader, these are the characteristics of Daniel. There's a happy countenance. He's approachable. He's patient and he's kind. He's gracious and he holds others accountable. He treats everyone the same. He has a good self-identity. He sets good boundaries. He has good mentors and good relationships. He's unemotional with his decision-making. He leads through serving. He's humble. He leads with service and under submission to his godly authority or the authority that God has set up in, over him that has not asked him to do anything immoral, illegal, or unethical. And he will, he will do what is right, no matter what the consequences. He's a good listener. He forgives easily. He coaches weaker ones. He encourages others. He identifies roots problems. He seeks many counselors. He's able to plan and develop goals. He's able to follow through with a plan. And he's always the same. It has emotional availability to those that are under him and around him to be able to coach them, to encourage them, and to uplift them. And this was Lesson 3 in the Daniel Study. And you can listen to it again on our Rocker Recovery Podcast that you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And we thank you for joining us. Hit like and hit share. <music>